You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, coming over from Score Zag Score and taking over here at Locked On. I want to thank you all for making this podcast your first listen of the day. Whether you are a new listener to the show, new to my content, or coming over from the, my previous show, just a reminder, please follow and subscribe to this podcast wherever you already get podcasts, and to look out for our upcoming YouTube channel, which is going to start in the next couple of weeks for folks who want to see and hear what I have to offer this community. All right, today is the seventh episode in our extensive player preview series, taking a brief but thorough look at every player on the Gonzaga roster and detailing their basketball history. I'll look at their best and worst case scenarios for the 2021-2022 season, and then finally in the third segment, taking a closer look at their expected role and production this year. These episodes are going to air multiple times per week, right up until Gonzaga's exhibition opener against Eastern Oregon on Halloween. If you missed any of the previous six installments, check back in your feed. Make sure you catch every single one of them. It's a great primer for this season. It should be a really, really thrilling year in Spokane, and I want you guys all to have an update on every single player and where they might fit this year. Today's episode is going to focus on incoming freshman Caden Perry. We can just get right into it. Caden Perry committed to Gonzaga in June of 2019. He was a very early commit for the class of 2021. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he was the first player to commit in the class of 2021, if not maybe second, but he was very early on. Uh, six foot eight, six foot eight forward, excuse me, out of Battleground, Washington. Like a lot of Gonzaga recruits, we saw this with Julian, we saw this with Dom, we've seen this with other players who've come through the program. He rose up the ranks after he committed to Gonzaga. I think they have a really good eye for, for picking these players out early. That's one of the reasons they've been good for 20 years. <laughs> who knew, right? So Perry was a guy who rose up a lot of the ranks, uh, mostly because of his incredible athleticism. He was number two in the state of Washington behind Paolo Banchero, who, of course, went to Duke and is expected to be uh, one of the primary competitors with Chet Holmgren for the top overall pick in the 2022 NBA draft. Uh, but Perry is a guy who's been compared a lot to Brandon Clark. You've probably seen this if you followed the team at all in any capacity over the last couple of years. Some of his high school tape, you can see why he's an explosive athlete. Again, stands six foot eight for a center, which is the exact size Brandon Clark was. It was the reason that Clark fell in the NBA draft was because there was concerns about his limited length because he's six foot eight with a six foot eight wingspan, uh, but he has this explosive athleticism. And there's a lot of similarities with Caden Perry, a guy who has the shot blocking ability, the natural instincts around the rim, has that explosive athleticism, and can bring it on the offensive end too. You know, we we haven't seen a ton of that outside shot yet, and we never really saw that with Clark, but he's a he's a force around the rim. He's not just a, a good athlete, but he's very strong. He's got a lot of strength and can bully people around, especially for a guy his size, and that should be a big success in the WCC. The WCC is not known for having a lot of seven-foot monsters down low. It's part of the reason Gonzaga's bigs have had so much success over the last two decades is they are usually the biggest and the most physical guys on the court. And while Perry only stands six foot eight, there's very little doubt that he will be physically imposing when he gets the ball down on the block. 
So again, part of the class with Ben Gregg, uh, but Ben Gregg came early. <laughs> he was here for a half a season last year, so it doesn't feel like they're part of the same class. I know it's kind of weird to consider them in that way, but they're both technically freshmen this year, and they're both kind of a part of the future for Gonzaga's bigs. Uh, the biggest story with Perry coming into this year was the injury that he suffered his senior year at Battleground High School. He, in the fifth game of the year, he suffered multiple herniated discs in his back, which sounds extremely significant. And it is. Back injuries are scary. They're scary when you're in your teens. They're scary when you're in your 20s. They're very scary when you get beyond that because they don't often heal all that well. Now, with Perry, it seemed likely, or possible at least, that this injury would linger into his freshman year, that it would limit his ability to play as much as he's capable of as a true freshman. There is not any indication of that at this point. He missed the rest of his college basketball season, and it was already a shortened year because of COVID, and then he only played in five games before he suffered the injury, so we didn't get to see a ton of him as a senior, which is a bummer. But for anybody who watched Craziness in the Kennel or follows the team on Instagram, and has seen videos and posts that they have, he looks fine. He looks fine. He participated in the dunk contest. He didn't win it because Hunter Salas is a freak, and we'll talk about him when we get to his player preview series. But Caden Perry did not look like a player in any way, shape, or form that was inhibited by a back injury at all. He looked fine. He looked totally 100% healthy, not just in the dunk contest, in the game. He, he was really fun to watch. In this game, he got swatted by Caden Perry, or excuse me, he got swatted by Chet Holmgren at the rim, which is going to happen to a whole heck of a lot of dudes this season. But one of my favorite plays was he blocked a dunk attempt by Drew Timmy. Not a lot of people have done that. I, if you, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong and I, and I might be off base here, but I don't think Evan Mobley did that. I don't think he did that. And he was considered one of the best shot blockers in college basketball last year and is going to be one of the better shot blockers in the NBA. But Caden Perry did it. And it was an explosive, exciting play. He helped him up. He came down the floor. He was moving really good. He does not look like a guy who's going to be inhibited by this back injury in any way during this season. However, just because he's not inhibited by the back injury doesn't mean that there aren't other factors that could potentially limit him from having a significant role as a true freshman. And that's what I want to talk about in the second segment. Where does Caden Perry fit? And specifically, what are his best case scenarios as a true freshman, and what are his worst-case scenarios heading into his first season in Spokane? Before we get there, though, let's talk about Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever, plain and simple. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors, including some all-time favorites like raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, coconut, and my personal favorite, salted caramel. Of course, Bilt Bar is not only great tasting, they are healthy too. Most Bilt Bar flavors have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Go to BiltBar.com now and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your first order. That is BiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order. Welcome back to our seventh episode in a multi-part series talking about every Gonzaga player on the roster. Check back throughout the month 
for more player previews leading up to the season opener. Of course, we will still have Mailback Monday episodes. We're going to do a Zags in the NBA season preview. Lots of really fun stuff coming up on Locked on Zags. Fun stuff that's already come out on Locked on Zags. Tons of stuff to get you ready for what should be a super exciting season. But today we're talking Caden Perry, all things about the hyper-athletic freshman forward. Second segment, we're talking best-case, worst-case scenarios for Perry in his first year. I want to say this caveat for every single episode. Best case is within reason. Worst case is without injury. So for Perry specifically, the best case for any player, of course, is to win the National Player of the Year, be the consensus first overall pick in the NBA draft, you know, championship game MVP. Those things are not realistic for Caden Perry, at least not right now. Who knows what the future holds for him? But on this roster, those are not realistic outcomes for him. So we're not going to discuss them. Without injury, of course... Perry's injury history is a relevant topic, and we may address it a little bit, although I'm going to attempt to talk about his worst-case scenario as if it does not involve him re-injuring his back. Clearly, that would be the worst-case scenario. It's not really good analysis to discuss that. I'd rather talk about what may or may not happen on the court. So we'll start with the best-case scenario. The best-case scenario for Caden Perry is that he sneaks into the rotation as the fourth big man. He's going to be behind Chet Holmgren. He's going to be behind Drew Timmy. He's going to be behind Anton Watson. Now, Watson's role could be fudged a little bit where he plays some more of the three and he doesn't play as many backup four or five minutes, which could allow Perry to play a little bit more. But in my mind, the best case scenario, he's still considered fourth on the depth chart. In this situation, best case scenario, he's obviously ahead of Ben Gregg on the depth chart, a guy who I think he's going to be competing for minutes for throughout this entire season. And in the best case scenario, the Zags opt not to play a lot of lineups where Julian Strother's playing the four. I mentioned that a lot in the Julian Strother player preview that I think he might end up sneaking quite a few minutes at the four in very small ball lineups where the Zags play three guards and Julian. It would give them a lot of opportunities, some flexibility to do some unique stuff. But in the best case scenario for Caden, at least, those things don't really happen and he solidifies a solid role as the fourth big. This could include about 10 to 15 minutes per night. I looked up, up Killian Tilly, who I think is probably the most successful fourth big that the Zags have ever had, at least as a true freshman. Tilly played, I think, 10 and a half minutes per night as a true freshman and was outstanding. Obviously, that was a team that went to the national championship, so they had a lot of depth at a lot of positions. A best case scenario for Caden Perry is his role looks something similar to that. The best case scenario is that he can play capably alongside both Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren. This is huge. Whoever plays these backup minutes, whether it's Ben Gregg, whether it's Caden Perry, whether it's a lot of Anton Watson, is going to need to prove that they can play alongside both of these guys. Because if either of them get in foul trouble, they need somebody to come in and capably play with both of them. And the best case scenario for Perry is he's that guy. What this would look like. Defensively, if he needs to be able to, to prove that he can be a rim protector. Now, when Chet's in the game, Chet's going to be the rim protector. So there's not really an issue there. So when Chet's in the game, Caden needs to prove that he's able to play defense away from the ball. Can he guard players on the perimeter? Can he step out and not clog the paint? Because Chet's going to be in the paint. And if Chet and Caden are both best utilized playing under the basket and defending that way, they become more difficult to play at the same time. Likewise with Drew, Drew's a good interior defensive player as well. 
But Drew also needs to work on playing outside around the perimeter. And the best case scenario for Caden Perry is he can kind of flex whatever Gonzaga needs him to do if he's playing alongside Drew Timmy. He needs to prove he can be a shot blocker, which we know that he's capable of doing. That was what his big high school tape looked like. That's what we saw briefly in Craziness in the Kennel. I believe he's going to be a rim protector, even in year one, which is difficult. A lot of freshmen really struggle to be prominent rim protectors right away because they struggle with the pace of the college basketball game. They struggle with the new levels of athleticism they're facing, and they commit a lot of fouls. Think think about Zach Collins, who is a good rim protector, but got called for a ton of fouls his, his freshman year, his only year, in a Gonzaga uniform. Best case scenario for Caden Perry is he's able to use his athleticism to avoid getting called for a lot of fouls and still is a primary rim protector. Offensively, best case scenario is similar. He needs to prove he can play with both Chet and Drew. What that means is when he's in the game with Drew Timmy, Drew is going to be under the basket. That is his role. He's going to be very, very, very good elite, one of the best ever at scoring around the rim. So for Caden Perry, that means he doesn't get to spend a lot of time under the basket. Again, it just clogs things up too much. So he would need to demonstrate an ability to play the high ball four role that Gonzaga has utilized so well, particularly with Killian Tilly, but it was Elias Harris was great at it in the past as well. And if he shows he can do that, he can catch that ball at the high post, he can make an entry pass from there, he can get in a three-point stance, hit a 15-footer, take his guy off the dribble. If he proves he can do all of those things, that's going to earn him much more playing time because Anton Watson hasn't done those things. Chet is going to be elite at that. If Gonzaga runs this offense with Chet right there, I don't know how it's stoppable at all. Because you either double Chet, in which case somebody's open, or you let him go one-on-one, in which case he either shoots over the guy, takes him to the hole, or just backs him down. There's really no stopping him. But in the best-case scenario, Caden Perry can fill that role adequately as well. And when he's playing alongside Chet, he either demonstrates that footwork and that agility under the basket to be a low-post scorer, which allows Chet to go away from the rim, or they let Chet go down, down low, and similar to with Timmy, Caden proves that he can be away from the basket. He can make that entry pass. He can do all those things that are necessary to be a four in Gonzaga's offense. Again, similar to what I just said, best case scenario, he flashes an offensive bag that's more than just being around the rim. He shows he can hit a mid-range shot. He can take a guy off the dribble. Maybe he shows that he can flash that three-point range. We didn't see a lot of that from him in high school. I think it's going to be there. I think we're going to see it. I don't know if we're going to see it as a freshman. Obviously, that would be. that's why this isn't the best case scenario. Maybe we do. Maybe we see a guy who can knock down an open three. That would be a significant way for him to challenge Ben Gregg for playing time because that's Ben's biggest advantage right now is that he's an outside shooter on a team that needs it. If Caden shows he can do that, he has a significant advantage in terms of earning playing time right away. What's the worst case scenario for Caden Perry? It's that he's the fifth or even the sixth man on the depth chart. You know, we, we know he's going to be behind Chet. We know he's going to be behind Drew. I think he's going to be behind Anton. Uh, worst case scenario for Caden is that Ben Gregg beats him out for playing time, which is very possible because Ben has that extra half year of experience and has a different offensive skill set. And that Gonzaga runs a lot of lineups with Julian Strother playing the four. That's how I think you could get a situation where Caden Perry looks like kind of the sixth big man on this roster. This is how deep this team is. He's a top 60 recruit. He's compared to Brandon Clark athletically. And there's a realistic scenario where he's the sixth big man, or at least the fifth big man on the depth chart. That earns him potentially Umar Balo-esque minutes from last year, five to six minutes per game, primarily in garbage time. The worst case scenario for Caden Perry is that he doesn't play enough to really showcase any skills away from the basket. We don't see that perimeter defense. We don't see him get into his offensive bag outside of just scoring around the rim. We don't see if he can shoot threes or if he can take his guy off the dribble or hit mid-range shots. We really only see him grab rebounds and burn clock. 
on offense because he's playing in 32-point blowout games. Now, I want to be clear here. It's a development year for Caden Perry. There, the Gonzaga did not bring him in to be a significant contributor in year one. That is clear. It is not because he is not good. It is because the players that they have in front of him are elite. Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren being on the same team is a cheat code. And it's no disrespect to Ben Gregg or Caden Perry or Anton Watson that they are not starting on this team, that they are not playing significant roles on this team because the players in front of them are so good. It's hard to really see much that would constitute a worst-case scenario for Caden Perry this year. I think him redshirting, which is possible. I don't think it will happen, but it is possible. And if it does, that to me is not a worst-case scenario. It's not. He's not going to have a significant role this year, most likely, barring injuries ahead of him or significant improvement to the point where he's light years ahead of Ben Gregg and potentially ahead of Anton Watson, which, again, could happen. But if it does not, and he does not get a lot of playing time, or if he redshirts, that is not necessarily a worst-case scenario. Gonzaga develops players on their own pace. We have seen guys completely redshirt and become NBA players. Obviously, Kelly Olynyk is the very notable example in that regard. We have seen players who were bit players for one or two years, Joel Ayayi, become NBA players. Like, it does not matter in this program. That's why they are so special. They can churn out one-and-done talent. They can churn out four-year guys, three-year guys, two-year guys, whatever. They have developed players on their own timeline with extreme success. I don't know exactly what Caden Perry's timeline is, but it is not one year. That I can tell you with confidence. The only things that could really truly be worst-case scenarios that are outside of injuries are that he gets frustrated. And I don't, I have no indication or any reason to believe that this will happen. But if he shows some frustration, if he thinks he should be playing more, that would be a worst case scenario. And that would be the kind of thing that could cause some, some issues. Again, I don't expect that to happen, but in, in terms of his actual playing time this year, not a lot of it is really falls under a worst case scenario category. All right. Best and worst case scenarios for Caden Perry have been discussed. Third segment, we're going to come back and we're going to discuss his realistic role, at least in my mind, at this point, a couple weeks before the first game of the season and his expected outcomes in his first season in a Gonzaga uniform. Before we get there, though, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a newly updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. All right, segment three. We're talking expected role and production for Caden Perry. We talk best and worst case scenarios, which are supposed to be the polls. The absolute best a player could do this year and the absolute worst case scenario for that player this year. With an incoming freshman like Caden Perry, whose role is undefined, it's a little bit difficult to know exactly where that's gonna, how that's gonna shake out. Now, I think, I don't think he's gonna redshirt. I mentioned that as a, as a possibility in the worst case scenario. I don't think it's gonna happen. I think the NCAA being really lenient about players' eligibility kind of makes it less of a necessity. And I also think Caden Perry is just very talented, and 
teams want as many talented players on their roster as possible. I don't think in a season where Gonzaga is striving to win at all. I mean, there's the, that is their goal. There's no, there's no other goal. That's it. That's the number one goal. When that's your goal, there's no reason to do anything that makes your current roster not as good as it could be. No reason at all. So I don't think Ken Perry redshirts, but I do think he's outside the rotation. Mark Few, if it was up to him, he'd play six, I think. He, he just He's never had deep rotations. This year, I really think he's going to have to expand it to nine. But I don't think it's going to expand beyond that. And I don't think Caden Perry's in that nine. I just don't think he's there yet. That doesn't mean he's not going to play at all. This is not going to be a Zakharov situation. It's probably not even going to be an Umar Balo situation. Although, Balo playing five to six minutes per night last year, that that might be what ends up being the deal with Perry. I don't think it'll be the same situation with, with Balo where he played prime almost exclusively in garbage time and rarely had games where he played more than five or six minutes. Balo was pretty consistent in that he, he got five to six minutes basically every night. I think with Perry, we'll see some games where he plays 10 to 12 minutes per night. Whether it's a situation where he's rotating with Ben Gregg, I've seen this mentioned a few times on Twitter where people think that because they have such unique skill sets, that they might be deployed differently. There's not a lot of precedence for Mark Few doing that. It's not really something that they've ever done where they say, well, we're going to play Ben more this game because we need more outside shooting. And we're going to play Caden more this game because the other team has, you know, more low post scores. It's just not something that they've done. He's got his rotation. He's got his guys and he plays them. That's just what Gonzaga has done. So I don't really think that that's going to be the case here, but I do think there are opportunities for Caden to sneak more than five or six minutes per night, whether it's games that are really done early, whether it's a situation where Chet or Drew gets into foul trouble, who knows exactly what it'll be, whether it's just they're riding a hot hand and he's had a really good week of practice or he came in in the first half and he hit a few shots. So they said, hey, screw it. Let's give him 10 minutes in the second half. Like, let's let him really kind of air it out and go. I do think we're going to see some games like that. And I think we're going to see some flashes that are going to get people real riled up. Caden Perry strikes me as the guy on this team that all of the diehard fans are going to be talking about. No matter how good Chet is and Drew is and all the people who are getting the national attention, everybody's going to say, but yeah, but Caden Perry, he's going to be the dude that everybody does that for. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a criticism of the fan base. I think it's awesome that we always have these guys that we're excited about next because we're rarely wrong. We were super excited about Julian Strother last year, and I don't think we're going to be wrong about that. He's going to be really good. People were geeked about how good Drew Timmy was going to be in his second year, and look what happened. People were super excited about Philip Petrusev, and then look what happened. People were really excited about Joel Ayayi or Rui Hachimura or go on and on and on, and most of the time, people are right. People are right to be excited because those players, in the time that Gonzaga lays out, the time frame that they want these players to succeed, they hit on them so often. They're so often right. And again, I don't know Caden Perry's timeline. In my mind, if I had to guess, I think it's three years. I think they have him on a three-year timeline. Now, next year's team will not have Chet Holmgren. It will not have Drew Timmy. It will have Ben Gregg. It will probably have Anton Watson, barring a very, very impressive year. It will probably also also have Julian Strother, again, barring a very impressive year. But Caden's right in there. Caden could start as a sophomore. And he could be on a two-year timeline. I could be wrong. In my mind, I think he's on a three-year timeline. I think next year he plays a much bigger role. Next year, as in not this upcoming season, the year after that, of course. I think he plays a much bigger role. And I think by year three, he is a dude. He's a starting center or starting forward. He's playing 30-ish minutes per night, and he's an absolute dude. All WCC, all of that good stuff. 
but I think it's a three-year timeline. And I think this year you just see glimpses. You see a, a play where he blocks a shot off the backboard, chases it down, goes in for a dunk on the other end. You see a ridiculous play where he, you know, he makes a stop at half court and gets a breakaway from there. You're going to see stuff like that this year. And it's going to be super fun. And it's going to get that, that segment of the fan base fired up. This is the dude. This is going to be our guy. You just, you wait that kind of conversation. And I think people are going to be right. I think people are going to be right. And I think what happens to Caden Perry this year, I don't want to say it doesn't matter because it always matters. It's always important. But I don't think we're going to see him have this big breakout in year one. It's just not in the cards for him. He was not brought in here to be a guy in on day one. It's particularly because of Chet Holmgren deciding to commit and coming to Gonzaga. Obviously, that changed the equation. Ben Gregg getting a half year of experience at the collegiate level changed the equation. Anton Watch and Julian Strother being around changes the equation. Drew Timmy coming back obviously significantly changes the equation. So they're at a spot where Caden is not expected to be a big contributor in year one, and that is totally okay. I think he's going to be he's going to score a lot around the rim in the games that he's in. He's going to flash some potential as a as a scorer. He's going to flash some potential as a shot blocker. He's going to flash maybe some potential as a guy who can score away from the basket. I don't know that we'll see a ton of that just because I don't think there'll be a lot of situations where we get to see that. We saw it a little bit with Ben Gregg last year where he did shoot a few threes. Maybe we'll see that with Caden Perry. But more than likely, I think we're just going to see a hyper-athletic dude come in for a few minutes a night and occasionally flash some really, really awesome stuff. All right, seven player previews, done and dusted. We're going to have a lot more coming up next week. We're going to have four more player previews. But before that, of course, we got Mailbag Monday coming up. Just as a reminder, if you have not been involved in Mailbag Monday or if you've been involved a lot in Mailbag Monday, you never hurts to have a reminder. You can reach out to me at any time with a question that you want answered on the show. I record on Sunday nights. It goes live on Monday mornings. So if you get your question to me before Sunday at like mm, 7-ish p.m. Pacific time, I'll get it in the show. You can ask me questions on Twitter at LockedOnZags or at ScoreZagsScore. You can also ask questions via email at AndyPatton013 at gmail.com or on both Facebook and Instagram, which if you're not following, you can find those at ScoreZagsScore as well. Any of those places, ask your question. Helps to tag it as Mailbag Monday, but either way, I will give you an answer. I'll bring it onto the show. It's a great way to interact. It's a great way to kind of hear your guys' thoughts and questions heading into what should be a really, really fun season. So I would love to hear your questions. Obviously, give them to me whenever you can. It's going to be right here on the Lockdown Podcast. Again, available wherever you get your podcasts and very soon to be available on YouTube. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at LockedOnZags and at ScoreZagsScore if you do not already. And finally... Thank you again for making this your first listen of the day. If you want to make your next listen, the Locked On NBA podcast, you can get all of your daily NBA updates from a variety of league experts while checking in on your favorite Zags playing at the next level. All right. Thank you all for listening and go Zags.